Hello and welcome to another episode of Fekava Vet Chat. I will take you today again up north and again up to Helsinki. Um, as you might realize, sort of Finland is a very a country of a lot of innovation and of very inspirational people. And that's no difference with my interviewee today. Um, she's not only a veterinary surgeon, she's also the director of the zoo in Helsinki. So hello and welcome to Sana Hellström. Hi Sana. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> how is how is life in Helsinki at the moment? Um, I would say that after the previous one and a half years, it's starting to get better. Um, mm. so we had maybe two warm summer, but nice summer, and then we are going to autumn and hopefully back to more normal life. Yeah, 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 yeah. How 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 is it? Is it a pretty at the moment? Everything's open, or uh... Uh, uh, most things are open at the moment, and we haven't had like really hard restrictions throughout mm. the. We haven't had like total lockdown in in Finland, but but mm. many places have been closed and limited number of guests, and of course that means that many restaurant and cultural events events are struggling. But uh, I don't know now. Okay, again, okay. There are more and more vaccinations, but also same time we have more and more cases at the moment. So now we are again waiting what government will say. Uh, hmm. hmm. It's it's just so uncertain. I mean, so if I. Uh, Especially also so with tourists, I don't know how how is that at the moment with with people coming to Finland. Uh, do you, I mean with the zoo? The zoo is also depending on on tourists. So if, um, uh, do you see a big difference that that there are far less tourists this season? We see uh, we definitely see difference. Uh, uh, our zoo, as most of the zoo are, zoos are. Uh, the vast ma majority of the guests are local people. Zoos are many times like really uh, visited by local visitors, but we are the biggest zoo in Finland and in Helsinki, so we also get tourists. And for two summers, we haven't got them. And also in Finland, because there have been most of the cases have been in Helsinki, so even the people in Finland haven't traveled to Helsinki. So it's been like uh, people have more traveled around the Finland, but not in the Helsinki area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the, that, that, that's a great thing with the with the Nordic countries. You just have the space. You if you go to places like that, you normally you don't have to crowd too much. Sort of if you're on a hut or if you're outside in the countryside, that's the safest thing you can do, I think. Mm. Yeah, and we have been practicing social distancing for hundred years already. So <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I heard yeah we are good at that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I heard this comment before that sort of the people in Finland say adjusting to two meter difference is really difficult because they are more used to 10 to 15 meters yeah, yeah, yeah. kilometers or something <laughs> so 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 sana um you, you are both you're a zoo director but also a veterinary surgeon so so how did that sort of to start with come about veterinary medicine was it 
always said what you wanted to do or uh, do you come from a veterinary family? How did, how did that start with you? Um, I, I don't come from veterinary family, but that's something I always wanted to do. So I was a little kid when I just decided. I, I wrote, read the James Herriot as many did, and then I decided that, oh, that's what I want to do. I loved animals and an, I also liked school very, very much. So I, I kind of realized that, oh, that's the combination. I can study a whole lot and I can be with, with animals. Mm -hmm. and, and that never changed. I was really small and I never had any other plans. Okay, okay, no plan B. Yeah, but, but it worked out, it worked out for you. <laughs> well, you talk about James Harriet, that, that was one thing I treated myself to earlier this year. I went up to Yorkshire to, to the place where his practice was. I was at his doorsteps. <laughs> I was standing in front of the his practice and sort of looked out sort of at the places sort of, it, when when he went out of the, I, I'm sometimes thinking about sort of when you have veterinary surgery, sort of, and, and you're working in these places for 20, 30, 40 years, sort of, uh, sort of when you step out of the building or get into the building in the morning, there's a certain sort of, yeah, familiarity sort of, of, of scenery that you have. And if you read the books, it's nice to actually be in his footsteps and then to, to see, well, what would he have seen in the evening when he left his practice or in the morning when he got to his practice. So I found that very, very interesting. It was a very worthwhile trip and they have a lovely museum, James Harriet Museum uh, uh, up there. Mm. Okay. So did, did, you, did, you yes. get, did you get Yorkshire pudding? Um, I, not when I was there, but I, I ate it before. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's in any case, and the people are lovely. They're really nice. Sort of the people up in the north are far better communicators than they are possibly in the south of England, where, where I'm mainly working. Mm -hmm. So back to your, back to your studies. So, so veterinary medicine, yes. So you go through the course. And what makes you then go into zoo medicine um why didn't you go into small animals why didn't you go into farming animals how then that decision okay i um, i have to say that i haven't i'm i'm not zoo practitioner so i didn't actually go into that field i i went to the vet school and maybe it was more so that then i got interested in uh, student union and I was active in all kind of these social events and kind of uh, student politics and mm -hmm. I got involved in all these kind of things. Then uh, in our food hygiene professor, he, he was the type that he was, he was willing to get all the students, he wanted to get the best ones, those that had best grades but also those that were like most active in society. I so, and I, I, I wasn't that the best grade student. I was the, the other, otherwise active one. Mm. And then, then he asked that, do you, would you like to come to do the PhD? And I was like, well, I've, I, I've been, I also say to students that it's good that just answer yes to everything. Not, not above your like, not, not to get a burnout, but be interested in, in everything. Yeah. I've been yeah. kind of that way. So uh, that's how I actually, so I ended up doing my PhD in food hygiene. Mm -hmm. I did practice uh, 
at like summer times and holidays, but mainly large animal practice. But then after I got my kids, I didn't have these holiday jobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and then I was also I was in politics, in city politics. I was in in city council and city board. So I was interested in like this um, society and not, not only uh, not only an, animals and veterinary medicine as such, but like overall more. Mm broad things and then I was in and then that's kind of how I ended up in in uh, a veterinary uh, association and then after I did my PhD I already said that that's not what I want to do for the rest of my life I was working with genes and I said that that's too small amount of substances yeah. that I'm, I'm yeah. done I'm I'm done pipetting that if mm. I do research I don't want to do some different uh, field but then there was an open position in food safety authority uh, it was involved in Finnish veterinary act so I was steering the Finnish veterinary field for a moment, and then kind of suddenly the position in the zoo was open. But I had been the in the zoo board. I was chairing the zoo board. That was political position. So I had my I was in the involved in the zoo from like political perspective. And then uh, it was uh, quite suddenly this position was open and and but I thought that I will, it's my job to choose the next one. But then the deputy mayor called me that aren't you uh, applying for the position? And mm, then mm, I, mm, and, and I, but, I, 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 so that was kind of like that. Um, I would say that there was also, I've, I've been lucky also mm. in, in the way that how I, because I knew animals, but I also knew the administration and, mm because this this was the city zoo at the moment so they didn't want to have they wanted to have somebody that knows also administration they had a bad history of (laughs) directors that were kind of uh, highly uh, respected biologists but they didn't know how to manage manage the administrative things so that is kind of like I've, i've done all kind of things and that ended up to be a uh. But you see, that, that's, I think that's a nice thing with our profession. You can do so many different things. Mm. So it just opens the door to, to, to so many opportunities and uh, different opportunities. And I mean, I met uh, uh, over the years so many vets that had started off first. I mean, the, the, the most common one is that somebody starts off in large animal practice and goes eventually into small animal practice so that this is this is a very common combination not quite so common that somebody goes from an urban environment says okay i go on the countryside and i start now also doing sort of large animals or also and uh, the, the the great thing is also i mean we do food uh, we do hygiene we do genetics we do um uh, uh, administrative things um uh, as official veterinarians, um, uh, and good thing is also most vets sort of are, I think, also not bad in in in, in organizing things and getting things done because 
during our studies, we have to be organized to get through all this stuff. So, so you can't just sort of, yeah, I don't know, turn up at, the, at, at, a, at an exam or something like that without a preparation. And that often means that you have to really work towards this over, over a period of, of months or years to gather all the, uh, uh, the information. And, uh, and so it's not something that necessarily, that's what I always think, requires a highly intelligent person. It's just somebody who is organized and you have a plan. Mm -hmm. So I think that is that is important. Anyway, so so it's nice. So you you pretty much tried everything, and then you landed in the zoo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I I have said that I I always say that I think that I have the best job in the whole Finland. So, mm -hmm. so I know that that's not. Uh, well, don't don't say it too loud because then the, the Finnish authorities might say, okay, if she sings like that, then we don't have to pay her any longer. So. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want that's to have yeah, a pay rise, that will be very difficult for you now to get that through. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. See, um, so, so how does your day-to-day -day work look like? How much admin is there? Are you a lot out, of, uh, out and about? So how does it work with the sort of um, uh, veterinary care of the, um, of the zoo animals? How much are you involved? How much are there other colleagues mm -hmm. involved? How does it look like on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, that's that. Many ask me that. Uh, do I take care of the animals here? And no, unfortunately not. Uh, that's uh, we have um, we have now one full-time practitioner and okay, thirty animal keepers, and we actually need need an another vet at the moment. But uh, my work is mainly administrative. It's uh, human resources, finances, building projects, uh, all the contacts with uh, the city and government and uh, that's uh, and okay this is highly international the the zoo world is really we are really 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 co well connected with other zoos so also relationships abroad so actually I could mainly sit by computer but mm. not, not totally in my, my like basic work but of course uh, because uh, I, I like I need to see the people that's the big part of the job and and of course I I like to uh, I I tend to walk around the zoo daily sometimes I'm I'm too busy but but so I think that that's my job to know how it looks like here and how things are running but it's not my daily job to like be involved in the practice oh. yeah yeah but nevertheless i mean that is if you if as with with every company if you really want to understand the all the insights you need to go down to the shop floor you need to you need to see sort of what the individual people say and and think and you you need the issue uh, at first, the need to see it at first sight. So if 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 you if you realize well, people are not happy with that or that or that's a health issue or something like that. Much easier if you see it for yourself and say, okay, well, how 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 serious is that really? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Health in Key Zoo um, uh, obviously you will be part of some uh, con uh, conservation project. What are what would you say are the 
sort of the highlights of the zoo. So if somebody would like to visit, so what would you say we are specifically good on this or that? Maybe we are like traditionally, we are most known about big cats. Uh, mm. Helsinki Zoo was the first zoo to breed snow leopards. So that's kind of like traditionally uh, we have- you clearly, you clearly in Finland have an advantage there, I think. Okay, you don't have the altitude uh, as in the Himalayas, but, uh, but when it comes to the temperatures, I think you can match. And, and that might be, but actually at the, uh, nowadays the breeding big cats is no problem. Anybody can do it. But, but in 60s, it was a big thing to somebody managed to do it first time. So, and we have the, we have the speciality that all the animals, all the big animals we have, they can uh, tolerate the weather. So we don't have any animals that we, we have to take inside during the winter time. Mm. Except the tropical houses, so we have snakes and and lizards and and small small animals like that. So that's like um, traditionally we are known, and we are also involved in in conservation projects. Hopefully, we will be reintroducing Amur leopards sometime. But it's been already fifteen years that it's been the project going on, and now the COVID is slowing down again. But at the moment, I may be most proud of the national species, the uh, Finnish forest reindeer. There is the reintroduction project going on at, right at the moment. It's seven year EU life funded project and we are reintroducing this uh, Finnish national, Finnish breed back to the Finnish nature. So mm -hmm. I, I also I do like that because we are in Finland that we we are able to take care of our Finnish environment. Yeah. 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 Mm. So how 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 did you manage during the pandemic so far with the zoo? Because I mean, sort of at, at times you I mean the zoo is the funding of is always with zoos funding is such a critical thing and it depends so much on people coming to the zoo, if that doesn't happen, sort of, how did you manage? What, what was the situation in Helsinki? Uh, we have managed quite well. I would say we have been closed for altogether seven months uh, during the pandemic, but luckily not the summer months. We have like really big difference. So most of the visitors come during the summer. So we were, closed during the winter time and that doesn't make such a big difference. Of course, it does make the difference that we don't have any income, but it's not like the, you know, our annual budget is the, it's a small number and everybody have been able to work during this whole whole time. So we don't have to have, have to get rid of any, any uh, people. And we have uh, the main advantage was that, okay, we, we can't do this for a very long time, but at the moment we just stopped all the building projects. And that's how we we only finished the ones that were already started and we didn't start any new ones. So that's how we saved most of the money. Yeah. Balance the budget. Heads, yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's how we did it. But of course uh, we can do it for 
one and a half years, but but <laughs> we do need to do do something like in the longer run. It doesn't work for a very very long time. So and when we've been able to contribute to conservation through pandemic, not 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 as much as we have, but still, because and and I would say that we are doing fine and we will get through this okay but there are a whole lot of the conservation projects all around the world that are really really in trouble because of the pandemic and because they are so much so many of those are, are funded by the tourists coming in and and also that means that when there are tourists there are people now they uh, they bring money and now they don't have the money there are no people there are all the pouching is going on so so i think that pandemic is terrible for the like global biodiversity but we as a zoo we are doing okay that's the thing i mean we with the pandemic it's it's not just about sort of a human health issue we really need to look our thing at at, at, at all the holistic sort of aspect of this also the the the, the impact of all the restrictions Mm. So as much as they save life, uh, uh, they might also then have other ne negative sort of mm. impact on, for example, the conservation of, of, of uh, animal species, uh, on, uh, uh, as, I said, po as you said, poaching, mm. for example, uh, then uh, uh, traveling, sort of uh, uh, moving animals, for example, between centers of excellence or breeding projects, yeah. for example. Th that all costs money. If there's nobody going to the zoos or can't go to the zoos and there's no money around, then this comes all to a halt. So the, such a, such a complex uh, yeah. uh, uh, matter, actually. So, but but I think one thing that is good, maybe because like veterinarians have been talking about one health for a long, long time, but mm -hmm. now I think that, okay, maybe now now maybe more broad uh, public understand what it means that we have the common health with the animals nature and human beings yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. what i say yeah. I, I would say that that's also advantage but we have to yes. of course maybe live differently it certainly it certainly highlights mm -hmm. this connection does this automatically also mean that there is more of an interaction between the human medical profession and the veterinary profession? Mm, not so sure. I mean, I think there are good sort of examples where it's working, but there are also many examples where, where it wasn't working. I mean, one example was sort of, uh, uh, we have a we're really good uh, uh, veterinary laboratory in Germany that is serving not only Germany, but serving all of Europe. And they work at the highest standards. For them doing um, uh, PCR uh, uh, COVID tests uh, was piece of cake to set up. It's just one further test for them. PCR technology they, they, they're doing for years. It was so difficult for them initially to get the attention of the politicians that they could do the same, the same work as the human uh, laboratories and they were struggling getting the capacities initially to do the testing because i mean before the vaccines well testing mm -hmm. was all you could do to identify and then isolate the people so it's a mixed batch i would say mm -hmm. but going back to the zoo the zoo of the future 
picture? What do you think sort of what, with, with the pandemic, um, uh, and also, I mean, if we look at the environmental impact of traveling, so it's, I'm not quite sure how realistic it is that everybody will be able to travel everywhere around the world to see animals in their natural environment, possibly not possible and also maybe not desirable. So um, where do you see sort of the role of zoos? Uh, they obviously have to compete also with the internet and everything. Um, where are we with the zoos in 20 and 50 years? Yeah. Um, I think that I'm thinking about like the global biodiversity I think there is like a growing need for the zoos, but also growing need for the good zoos that really do the conservation work, which is uh, more and more needed. And uh, like, unfortunately, I, I don't think that the situation will change very soon. But then thinking about how to get visitors, I also think that we are looking so much into the tablets and phones and I can say it myself also that most of the time work like looking at the <laughs> some sort of screen. So the big advantage of the zoo is that there is something else to do than look into the screen. And and also there it's it's like okay in, in many countries I would say that in, in Finland we actually go to forest, which I have realized now in 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 global context that not all the kids in around the world that the forest might be like totally a place that they have never visited so in in many countries which are like crowded and the big cities the zoo might be like the really nature resource and the chance to see uh, like live animals live nature and i think that that's it is it is different. It's it is different thing to see the animal alive than to look animal in the screen. Although we all look all the cat videos in YouTube all the time. But, that's, but. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it, that what you said sort of applies so much. I mean, when when you go to London Zoo, one one of the animals they uh, they display at London Zoo are cows. Just normal uh, Frisian cows, because a lot of intercity kids in London, they, uh, well, until they, they finally venture out sort of off the city, so if they haven't seen a real life cow, for example, mm, yeah. or, uh, uh, or or goats or sheep, mm, so yeah. it is it is not as sort of as natural or normal as as one might think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I mean. Also, sort of when we talk about the environmental impact on and, and, and lifestyle, uh, when I spoke to you the last time, I say you, I, I can't quite recall. Do you do you own a car or because you said you're pretty much? I mean, in Helsinki, that's probably easier to do. You you go try to go pretty much everywhere with your bicycle mm? or you walk. Uh, mm? Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. But actually, I. I, I for 15 years I didn't have a car. Now I mm. do. But but my my son had a driver's license, so I bought car because I think that when you get the license you have to 
drive. But uh, so so now I for 15 years I didn't have. Now I kind of I ashamed I have now. <laughs> but uh, but I don't my I I still drive my bike so I don't drive with car around. But it's also handy in Helsinki. It's much faster and nicer and and also a bit of exercise. And and mm. I I but I have to say that I I try to do environmentally sustainable choices in my life, but I'm not no means perfect but i nowadays i rarely eat meat so i have i eat much less meat mainly vegetarian not strictly vegetarian but but mainly and now i'm uh, really uh, i'm i'm looking through what i'm buying i try to consume as like I, I try to consume less so i i follow, follow i met this kind of i do a list and i also publish but i'm so i try to buy only things that i need and and i also try to buy things that will last for years and not just for uh single time use so i i i try to do like some but but like okay now i haven't flown to any anywhere but but most certainly after covid restrictions i again travel in around the world mainly mainly with work trips but still so i i don't i i i don't try to say that i'm i'm any perfect, perfect. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> but that is that's that's interesting that you say that sort of traveling and uh, sort of uh, uh, try to restrict it if possible sort of mainly to work related sort of travel i mean if if, if you have the opportunity obviously if you if you work in a factory that's a little bit different <laughs> difficult so, but but that is what i also do i i've i'm, I'm talking about vocations mm -hmm. so that if there are interesting places i want to i want to go to see on one hand yes i really ask myself well is this justifiable uh, to go out of outside of Europe. Um, uh, but then also, if I go somewhere, I often think, well, is uh, maybe can I combine that with a longer stay? And then maybe in my case, for example, with working in the places, you get a far more sort of in-depth feeling for the place. And by interacting with the people, it's a far more lasting experience, I find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and and I also think that it is um, it is really important that people travel around and see different places, see different people, because otherwise I, I would say that it's so now we have this growing nationalist movement, and I think that one thing to avoid it is to know different people around the world and realize different. Uh, lifestyles, different uh, cultural understand different. each so, other. So, so, so I would I wouldn't say that for humankind it wouldn't be good that if we would start just stay everybody in our own villages. <laughs> mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's so important to prevent future conflicts. The more we talk with each other, the more we understand each other, and also sort of each other's backgrounds and motivations. 
the, the less likely is it that we are at each other's throat. Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, it's so understandable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and our like these big problems are global and common for all of us. So like the, as we see the pandemic, it's not like any national issue. It's a global no. issue. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So finally, I have to, I have to ask you, as I always do, sort of, uh, about one of your 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 pastimes. So, if you told me once that you are you are walking the streets of Helsinki from A to Z, and I always when when I speak to you, I want to know, okay, where are you at <laughs> at the moment? At uh, what letter are you at the moment? I'm, I'm in I. I okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> are there are there a lot of streets with with starting with I in the Finnish language? Uh, that's moderate number of streets. We I yeah. had with age there was whole yeah, lot. Age. age there was it took over a year to walk the age streets. So, but yeah. I think that I I will be done before the end of this year. <laughs> okay. Good, good. That's pretty. That's that's pretty good. And I, I think your your Rhodesian Ridgeback gets a lot of exercise and yes, out of it. Yes, right? he's walking with me. <laughs> excellent. He, he will excellent. be. He, he will also know the whole city with me. And we so, and now we visit all the dog parks of the Helsinki because. We, okay. Yeah. All the dog parks. Oh, yeah, because good. we go everywhere, so we also visit the dog parks. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we 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 have to see. I'm working on it that I that I get an opportunity walking a street or two together with you at some point once we can travel again. Sana, thank you so much for this interview. And uh, uh, if anyone would like to comment on this episode of Fikava Vetchat, please do so at vetchat at fikava.org or send us a message on our uh, social media outlets. And I hope to see you again for another episode of Fikava Vetchat soon. Thank you. Thank you.